Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Business Growth Podcast brought to you by ANZ, a new series for Australian businesses with me, Rachel Newman. Just like ANZ, I'm passionate about helping Australian businesses grow, and I love hearing stories about business success. I'm looking forward to spending time with some real Australian entrepreneurs discussing just how to grow a business in a sustainable, long-term way. These podcasts have been inspired by ANZ's work with the Australian Centre for Business Growth at the University of South Australia, and by the amazing entrepreneurs we'll be chatting with in this series. So, a little about me. I'm an advisor and consultant to a variety of startups, and I mentor with the StartMate Accelerator program. I'm also a director on the board of Startup Oz, where we believe that technology and entrepreneurship changes lives for the better. And so we work to influence policy and make Australia the best place in the world to launch and grow a business. But enough about me. Let's begin. Today I'm speaking with David Worth, co-founder of Go Natural. No doubt our listeners have enjoyed many Go Natural products over the years, including their tasty nut snack bars, protein bars, grain bars, and fruit snacks. Over 30 years, David and his family has grown Go Natural into a significant FMCG business with an enviable distribution network, including Woolies, Coles, and IGA. Go Natural uses high-quality natural ingredients and supports local farmers wherever possible. It's this very approach that resonates with today's consumers in the fiercely competitive snack bar category. David also recently took part in the ANZ Business Growth Program, so this is the perfect opportunity to chat with him about a key module from the course the key questions every CEO must ask. David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rachel. It's great to be here. David, just uh, so many of our listeners um, want to understand what a day in the life of a CEO is like, especially someone who's been running this highly successful business over the last 30 years. So what's a typical day like in your world? Well, I I can't say that every day is exactly the same, but uh, every day I concern myself with the the key things that are going on in the business, the the communications I obviously receive like everybody else, dozens of emails and uh, uh, discussions and conversations with my my, uh, colleagues in the office. Uh, uh, I like to be in touch with, with suppliers every day, customers as often as I can. So they're the key things that I'm involved with daily you know, wanting to know what's going on around me. Now, I imagine as you're in the CEO role, there are areas of the business you need to step back from, and then areas of the business that might be a pet passion and you can't help but get down into the weeds. What are some of the areas that you still like to stay very close to? Well, I'm, I'm very involved with business development. So uh, I concern myself with opportunities to create new products. Uh, I, I concern myself with customer development, where we do, you mentioned Coles, Woolworths, IGAs, but we're actually what we call a multi-channel brand. So we're in not only uh, uh, grocery, which these are, we're also in petrol convenience, we're in vending, pharmacy, travel, and uh, and now growing international uh, business. So, you know, really I come into work or come home late at night and I've got emails from uh, from people as diverse as uh, Swiss customers and Saudi Arabia and uh, Chinese and et cetera, et cetera. So, it's 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 interesting for me to stay in touch with those developments. That's what I like to do. Well, in a company like yours, it is a delicious part of the business to stay involved in uh, if you stay focused on the product. So I think that that well, is a... certainly a trap. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you're expanding now internationally. Yeah. How do you think about um, international growth? So a lot of our listeners um, obviously are concerned about growth. There's a, an opportunity to grow domestically and then the world beyond. How are you thinking about international growth 
um, and being uh, systematic about that? Well, that's a good question because, uh, yep, we do look at Australia and say, yep, we need to grow in Australia. Australia still has 25 million people, 24 million people. We want to uh, expand our business there. There's a number of ways of doing that, which actually were teased out of us through the, the modules of the growth program. Uh, and, uh, and global ambitions come about because, one, we all are looking to grow the business and you look at Australia as being a finite market, very competitive industry dynamics that sort of limit the opportunities and potential. And overseas, logically, there's, there's a billions of people that we can, uh, we can uh, uh, think about as potential go-natural customers. But then the logic of it is, is that, but the reality is that you still need to target to effectively utilise your scarce resources. You can't be everywhere and not everywhere is appropriate for our product. And so what are the questions that you ask yourself as a CEO that helps you to understand um, how do you use those finite resources, which market makes sense to enter now, which markets do you pull out? What is the framework that you use um, as a leader? Right. Well, I start off with, uh, we start off with, uh, I, I suppose, markets that logically fit the, uh, the product, make them suitable. We also then look at the geographical and location and uh, and connection with Australia, and then we look at the at the potential. So, uh, I'll give you an example. On the, on the potential side, there's China. Everybody wants to be in China. I heard they have a lot of consumers. <laughs> yes, and we and and we uh, like anybody else have great ambitions for China, and and I think I really do uh, consider myself to have been, uh, I guess, a, a good operator in China in the sense that we've explored every option. We, we work with online retailers, uh, bricks and mortar retailers, trying to understand the different uh, regional dynamics that are in play there. And, you know, slowly but surely, we're trying to get a foothold in that market, uh, while at the same time understanding that not everybody in China uses a, a processed packaged snack whether it be healthy or unhealthy, on a day-to-day basis. So this is a, a market that's evolving slowly. Then the other side of it, so that's the opportunity, big opportunity, but the other side of it is we work with markets that we've already got a presence in. could be as simple as, um, you know, we, we as Fiji. We've got a great a great footprint in Fiji already. We're in a lot of retail there, and that includes, you know, um, tourism and uh, and. Uh, convenience and and um, and grocery, especially retail, and then bigger markets like Indonesia, where we're well ahead of the curve. We've got products registered in that market to sell, and we've got a lot of product throughout the whole of Indonesia. So there's, you know, we're not trying to be in too many markets. So we're in a limited number of markets, probably about sixteen or seventeen uh, countries now, and uh, and yet, so we work hard those markets we're already in, while considering how we can make a move on the big one like China. So, David, on the key questions that every CEO should ask, our first question is, in your role, how do you plan and visualize where you want the business to be? Especially as you've been running this for 30 years, um, you're constantly looking for kind of the next horizon or the next evolution of the business. How do you plan for that? Well, we we looked at uh, we look at we look at the business uh, as if you like it as a as a generic category. We call it better for you snacking, you know, good for you snacking. And the the, the sort of concept of better for you snacking has evolved. So we've looked at uh, we've looked at our uh, plan for the future about 
you know, we would like to be, we come up with a sort of a master plan of being a global snack food brand. And then we drill down a bit further and we look at the different uh, categories that we play in, the different segments that we're in, and then think about, uh, think about what growth looks like. So really the ANZ growth program was an opportunity for us to say, you know, what limits us and what could unblock the the limits, if you like, or unlock the potential. And that means then, you know, for us, it was exploring not only new markets overseas, but new markets in Australia, selling different products to different customers. So the the opportunities then become uh, unlimited potentially. So the plan is to to format, uh, if you like, a... um, a structure that, that, that gives us growth within the scope of what we are good at. Beyond the operational plan, talk to me about how you develop and distill the mission and values of the company. And especially as you grow and as you've um, been in the market for so long, how do you ensure that those values um, are tightly held throughout the organization as you grow? Well, we talk about them a lot. So we talk about the fact that we're a family Australian-owned company. That's important to us. That distinguishes us from many of our uh, direct competitors. We uh, we ensure that the communication that goes out to the trade through our sales force talks like that as well, so people know what our values are. And the more we talk about it, the more the more true it becomes in many ways. So we do. We work on that a lot. So we. You know, the the communication, the imagery, the products, the the provenance, it's all part of the, if you like, the vision that we have that we want to communicate out to our um, stakeholders, if you like. If you want to learn more about how to grow a business, head on over to anz.com forward slash business growth, where you can find the free online business growth program. It provides business leaders with the knowledge and skills needed to grow a business sustainably, including how to choose the right growth strategy and the different responsibilities of a leader during growth. It's a rich resource put together by the ANZ Bank and the Center for Business Growth at the University of South Australia. ANZ has worked with global growth expert, Dr. Jana Matthews at the university. It really is a great resource, and you might even find more episodes of this very podcast. So it's definitely worth a visit at anz.com forward slash business growth. You're listening to the Business Growth Podcast by ANZ with Rachel Newman. And today I'm joined with David Worth from Go Natural. We're talking about the key questions that every CEO must ask. Our next question is, how do you know what your customers value? So how do you learn more about what your customers want and need, and how do you evolve your products and your offerings to meet their needs? Well, we try to listen to what what our customers uh, that our customers want. We also stay close to the market. We watch the trends. Uh, so yeah, we 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 believe that we're in. You know, we're we're tapped into the, if you like, the the desires and the the demands of the marketplace. Not always do we understand everything that's going on. I mean, as we talked before we started, talking about, let's say, the, the key grocery chains, I mean, they can change their strategy and they don't necessarily share what strategy they're going to go with day to day. So we've got to adapt uh, and, uh, and be nimble at the same time. I want to talk a bit more about your distribution and, and the grocers in particular. So um, Coles and Woolworths are uh, big distribution channels for you. Um, we know that here in Australia they have about 70% of the market share and yeah. therefore they have a lot of power. 
How do you, as um, a family-owned business, uh, manage that power dynamic and vie for your space on the shelf uh, and in consumers' baskets. Well, I think I think to start off with, I mean, there's a there's a there's a sense out of that question, which is commonly asked, that there's a there's a there's somehow an adversarial relationship between mm. the retailer and the and the supplier, and that's not always the case. I mean, we all want the same thing. We want to sell more. We want consumers to buy more products, which they do of our products through their stores. Uh, so, you know, we're very much a, in a respectful, uh, you know, symbiotic relationship. You know, we want what they want. The The challenge for us, of course, is that uh, it's quite costly to play the game as well. You know, you need resources to do that well. Uh, you still need to perform because just as we might be a great supplier in a number of ways, if the consumers are not buying our products in a sufficient quantity, they will look at replacing us. There's other people every day knocking on their door. So not, not just one, there'll be, you know, every review, they'll be lucky if, if they can get away with not seeing less than 70 people, hundreds of people in the case of health food, because it's a very, um, you know, quick in and out type of marketplace. People are always conceiving of new ideas and they want to sell it in the one place they know they can get a lot of volume, which is those grocery chains. So it is a, it's an interesting relationship, but one that is respectful. We we want to understand what, what they're doing and what they're thinking and bring to them markets that uh, that both excite the consumer but fit in with the strategy that they're uh, they're they're articulating at any given time. I want to talk about competition because on one hand, Go Natural is in a great space, being on trend with consumer preferences around better for you snacking, around more natural products. Um, and so I can imagine you're seeing incredible growth just from that consumer demand. On the other hand, because consumers have these preferences, I imagine that means there's a lot of new entrants in the market yeah. you know, every day. How do you uh, tackle the competitive dynamic um, and once they abreast to what is happening in the space and making sure that you're able to uh, handle these competitive dynamics? Well, firstly... Uh that this is not slow moving, this is fast moving. So consumers can change preference quite quickly, give them an opportunity to find and look at a new product and taste a new product, they'll they'll take up that opportunity. And when they take up that opportunity in a given week, for instance, if there's, let's say there's 50 products on the shelves and we have, they sell 25 Go Natural bars, uh, you know, next week a new product comes in, those consumers are going to try something. They're prepared to try those products. So, yeah, we we know that, that it's very quick moving. Consumers' choices, the consumers get a lot of choice. They can change their minds quickly, and uh, and and the growth in the in better for you snacking is that's very true. But the the different segments within that market, there's uh, uh, there's change in the change dynamic of, of consumers' mindset, it means that uh, they'll pick up these new products or new trends very fast. So, for instance, at the moment, Better For You includes sports nutrition. Sports nutrition is growing protein. People want to have, have protein products. They think that uh, that's a healthier product. And it may be true in some cases, not always, not always do people understand the nutritional value of all the products they're having. But uh, the way we've uh, we've responded to that is by again understanding the different segments in the market, what's moving, what people want, and we've actually developed our own 
sports nutrition range. We're the licensee in Australia for Ironman, which is the uh, the global uh, sports event that uh, that people know well. And we're the we have a licensee in in Australia, New Zealand, and in Southeast Asia for the consumables, and that's had a tremendous response. So we've really understood the efficacy, the importance of efficacy in the products. So we've created a great range of products for that particular segment. So there's, there's one way that we've responded to, to the change. We always talk about it, we always talk about, and I use this line, the, the bright, shiny new toys. You know, we've got to really keep the, uh, we do it as well, I guess, you know, with, with Iron Man, but also our other developments. We try to give consumers something exciting to look at. David, I want to talk about your leadership style in particular. Um, how would your direct reports, your, your senior team, describe your leadership style? And how might that style have changed over time? Well, I think by nature, I'm, I, like, I like things. I like being involved in stuff. So I guess they'll call me a bit of a micromanager. But at the same token, I really, I really respect the, the talents of my team, the, the skills that they've got, their professionalism. So I don't, I don't try to tell them what to do. I'm just interested in what they're doing and seeing how I can encourage them, how I can influence them, and, uh, and, uh, and, and hopefully... You know the, the 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 results of our combined efforts, if you like, are greater than the you know the than what would have been achieved if we went off individually. David, can you tell me about a particular challenge that you or your business is facing right now, uh, and how you're managing through that? Well, I think the the what we just talked about, the primary challenge that we've got is just how fast things move. The the change in strategy that a retailer might have the 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 growth in a new segment that we're not playing in, uh, and that's a challenge that we're they're challenges that we've got right now. So you know the 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 grocery chains are looking at their business and understanding that better for you, for instance, is not just happening in the health food section; it's happening elsewhere in their business. So all the the large categories are uh, are morphing into better they're morphing into carrying products that are better for you. Big, you know. Traditional brands are introducing healthier uh, options in their product range. So, for instance, uh, you know, old traditional cereal makers are coming up with gluten-free option- versions of what they do. So, where does that leave the 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 the, the, co- the, the concept of free from in the health section? So, we need to sort of adapt our product range to give something different to consumers in that section, or hopefully even take it to. Uh, these mainstream categories, a version of what we do. While at the same time understanding that, you know, the, 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 the demand has got to be appropriate for the investment that we're going to make in developing and launching a new product. So, David, in the ANZ Business Growth Program, there uh, is energy that's spent in putting together a business plan. Um, and while we know that that's important, we also know that theory can only get us so far and that in the real life of business, there are so many changes and many of them unforeseen, and you have to be able to manage and react to that. Tell me about an unforeseen challenge that you're facing right now and how that interacts with the strategy and business plan that's in place. That's a good question, Rachel, because what, what, we, what we did do with that business plan is uh, we actually are living with it. It's a living, moving plan. All plans should be that. The plan, though, we've kept in place. You know, it's about, you know, I don't, I don't want to bore you with my uh, a lengthy, uh, an, a, 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 I guess, summary of our plan, but, you know, let's say we're talking about selling different products to different customers, moving into another, other, another category. Well, the challenge that we've got 
that we will have, I guess we could have always predicted we'd have had, we would have had, is that it's not that easy to sell new products into into these large chains. You know, they're not they're not the, the reviews of these categories don't happen that frequently, and when they do, you don't know what else is going on. There's a lot of other people trying to approach them with the same same idea that they've got a great idea, a great product to uh, to offer. So, I guess the big challenge we've got is that the timeframes that you set within this plan is not is not necessarily realizable. Uh, not to say that it won't work, it just doesn't work fast. So how do you adapt to that? Well, we've got to put emphasis into into things that we can get, can get a good return. So, you know, we've got all these ideas of moving into new categories, which have all been developed, really great concepts. What is doing well, though, is Iron Man. So we're 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 really working very very hard to get Iron Man into the marketplace, and that's we're getting great response from the trade and uh, and consumers right now. So there's that's how we're adapting to I guess a challenge that of of the um, I won't say unrealizable plan, but that the plan has you know hit some if you like uh, little speed bumps. So it's important that once you have the plan that you still have room to be nimble and to adjust. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's something that I would advise anybody, you know, great to have plans, really great to have plans, but you've got to be nimble. You've got to think fast and, and, uh, you know, listen to what's going on, you know, read the the science. So speaking of having to be nimble and respond to things that are unforeseen, um, tell me a bit about what's happening with some of your raw ingredients in your products right now. We had had a conversation earlier. Yeah. I want you to share it with the listeners. Well, we sell, I guess, the general proposition of Go Natural products, you know, our nut bars and fruit and nut bars, energy bars, is that they are largely, you know, whole natural uh, ingredients as much as possible sourced from Australia, uh, and they're minimally processed to retain its natural goodness and nutritional value, uh, flavour. The problem of doing that is that you're relying very heavily on raw materials, and raw materials that we use, such as tree nuts, for instance, can be very volatile in price depending on seasonality, uh, demand, uh, and uh, uh, unforeseen, you know, circumstances that uh, you know that 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 affect pricing, particularly, or even availability. So we talked about uh, a few years ago, probably about three years ago. Every single tree nut that we used in our products went through the roof. The price rose dramatically. So we talked about, let's say, almonds, which is a very key ingredient that we've used over the years. Almonds, 90% plus of the almond crop in the world comes from California. California had a massive drought that went on for years. And as a result, the yield that they were getting out of their crops declined. The impact of that was that, that Australian products, which we do use, that's a global commodity price. The prices went up, not just up, but doubled in price. So this is a real challenge for us. When this happens, responding to it, which you logically think, well, you put your prices up, but can't double your price overnight. In fact, you're you're struggling to get a price rise at all. So you have to absorb that and make up the 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 saving if you like, have to find savings elsewhere. That's something that we really find very challenging in our, you know, is management of our cost of goods. And we've tried to do that now by, if you like, compared to three years ago, our products are not, our range is not so, um, if you like, 
exposed to those same raw materials as they were. So diversifying your products, not just to meet consumer needs, but also to spread out your risk a bit. Yes, yes. It's been, uh, you know, and that, you know, the the demand for macadamias, you know, macadamias probably about five or six years ago might have been $14 a kilo. They're now uh, $25 a kilo. And the demand for what they call nut in shell out of China is in excess of what they grow here. And we're a, ma- we're a major grower of macadamias in Australia. So there's some exa- just a couple of examples. I mentioned before, there's a, there's a frost on in California. Just suddenly announced the response of the Australian growers will be to put their prices up because it'll be, it'll be impacted. The demand will, be, will still be there, but the supply will be impacted by the shortfall in California. Mm. So you've been at it, this for 30 years now. Um, you've seen the ups and downs of business. Uh, you've seen the foreseen and the unforeseen challenges that come around the corner. What advice would you have for a young entrepreneur starting out in the FMCG category? Well, still be entrepreneurial. Still look for those opportunities. Uh, I would recommend that they think very clearly, very clearly what they want to uh, sell, who to, measure that in advance of getting into the market. So don't just sort of say, I'm going to produce nut bars and then I'll worry about who I'm going to sell it to. Think about those things. and uh, uh, But do have a plan, but be be ready to adapt, ready to think all the time about, uh, you know, where, they, where they're going. And how about reflecting back on your career? What are some of the things that you might have done differently? We'll always talk about when we when we started, and it's becoming a little bit hard to remember. <laughs> but uh, when we started, we we probably thought uh, it was easy to do, and and even then, even thirty years ago, selling to Coles and Woolworths, which was more well, was more fragmented then. That Coles and Woolworths were not just one office in Melbourne, one office in Sydney. In Sydney, you know, you sold to each each state separately, so it gave you more customers theoretically, but. You know, we we probably thought more about distribution than we thought about the consumer. So the distribution is the customer, the retail is the customer, the consumer is is ultimately who's Your buying a product. Yeah. I think that the difference might have been if I thought back then I'd be thinking really about the consumer. And I think we're capable of doing that more uh, cost effectively than we ever could now than than 30 years ago. So that's what I'd be doing differently, really thinking about the consumer and what they want, how to reach them, how to talk to them, how to, you know, get a response that, you know, and I think I think that's great advice also. Um, when you have your eye on the consumer, not only do you have a finger on the pulse of demand, but especially as technology can kind of disintermediate some of these distribution mm. channels and um, depending on the product people can sell directly to consumers, um, that becomes ever more important. Well, even if they can't sell directly to consumers, they can talk directly to consumers. You've got far better access to the consumer than we ever could before. Not not necessarily in our in our type of product to 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 to, to sell to them, uh, although that's possible, but tends not to because we sell an impulse product, you know, it's uh, more likely that a consumer will go into a service station and pick up a go natural bar than place a purchase order for a, a box, uh, but you know it's still possible. But it's really about the it's really about the communication. It's talking to the consumer. It's understanding what they're all about. That's that's a great thing that's happening now that didn't happen thirty years ago. If you're serious about growing your business, then talk to an ANZ business banker today about ANZ's One Day Business Growth Seminars. 
The free seminars are a unique initiative with the Center for Business Growth at the University of South Australia. The seminars are perfect for business owners looking to grow, but unsure how to progress to the next level. And they're open to both ANZ customers and non-ANZ customers. To find out more, talk to an ANZ business banker or visit anz.com forward slash business growth. That's anz.com forward slash business growth. You're back with Rachel Newman and David Worth, my guest from Go Natural. David, having completed the ANZ business growth program, what's the key improvement or innovation that you've been able to apply to your business having taken part of the pro- in the program? Well, I think, uh, Rachel, I think what what the program did for us is it allowed us to step back. I mean, there was there was space for us to do that in this program. We stood back from what we did day to day and we looked at where we wanted to be. And the program gave us an opportunity to, uh, if you like, knock down sort of mental barriers to what we what was possible. So if you look, I'm not just talking about growth in terms of turnover, although that's a key metric. But if we wanted to look and said, if we wanted to look at our business and say, well, we need to grow this business, uh, you know, well, normally people look at growth and would be very happy with a 10% growth or any growth in a, in, a, in a difficult market. But this gave us an opportunity to think, okay, well, we need to be very different. We want to be very different to what we are today. Let's say we want it to be double the size or even to set a figure. This is the sort of, this is the scale that we want it to be. What do you need to do to achieve that? And that's, that's largely what we, what we got out of the program. We allowed ourselves to, to think big and then understand what were, the, what were the barriers to being able to do that and how do we remove them. So nothing's off the table. The people that you work with, uh, the suppliers you work with, the customers you sell to, uh, you know, the, the capability of funding, all those things are on the table to review and to change. So they're the, that's probably the big game changer for us, the way we think about it. I mean, it doesn't happen fast. As I said, things are, the, the business plan is in place, but, you know, the the timeframes are not quite what you always would want from them. But I think that that's, that's the big uh, takeout from the program that we work to uh, still. Uh, Do you remember having um, one particular aha moment from the program that you've been able to take back to the business? I think there was a, I, I think I probably included that in my previous answer in many ways because there was a, one, of the, one of the growth experts there used to talk about growth in America uh, as being you know, not going up by 10%, but going from 10 million to a billion, you know. So we always used to joke about that. And I've repeated this story many times to friends and even, you know, we joke about it in the in the, um, in the the program, within the program participants. But it is true. I mean, in many ways, it's not, we're not talking about, you know, whether a billion is realistic, but it's... it's Growth it's, on steroids. Yeah, it's, well, not even, no, it's not even necessarily like that. It's just thinking differently. So the aha moment for us was that we could do that and we don't have to be so locked into, I guess, the paradigm of what we always thought was running a business, which was, you know, start here, you know, you you keep trying to grow the business, you keep trying to get new customers, you keep trying to sell more of the same product to the same customers, all those things you do normally. But the aha moment was we don't have to sort of do it that way. We can can think a little bit more laterally and, uh, and that's what we've been doing. David, some of the leaders that we've spoken to um, either start the business or um, at some point have an end goal in mind. And depending on the type of company, that end goal might be an IPO in a public market. It might be an acquisition by a major player. Do you have an end goal in mind for Go Natural? Well, I mean, I, 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 
it depends on the day you ask. You know, I can see myself here for, you know, having fun for another 10 years or I can say, well, I'll have better fun if I got myself uh, involved with a bigger corporate or, you know, maybe someone comes along and says, really, we can do the job better than you can and uh, we'll reward you for what you've done, but we'll take it now, thanks. You know, there's all sorts of options, I guess, that we'll, we'll consider and, uh it's a day-to-day proposition, really, because uh, I don't, I don't, it's not part of the business plan that we'll be, we'll be disposing of the business anytime soon. David, in your industry and as a CEO of any growing business, uh, resilience is important. How do you manage the up and da- ups and downs? How do you find resilience in your leadership role? Well, I have to say, I, I, don't, I don't feel I've got a lot of choice. You know, I can't I can't wake up thinking I've got a, a tough day ahead, I'm not going to come to work. You know, it's, for me, it's always been about, you know, we will get through any challenge, we will achieve in the end, and, you know, any of the, time I'm knocked down, I just know that I know I've got no choice but to get up. I do it for not only my family but for the people that work for me. I take that very seriously. So I think one of the greatest attributes, if I had to, I'm not saying I'm a great genius, but I certainly perseverance is one that I would, I would give myself 10 out of 10 for. I don't know how I'd do it sometimes. But I really believe that's critical to, to a long-term future in business. Is that an attribute that you've always had or is that something you've developed over time? Uh, well, I think that maybe I was softer when I was younger and I've hardened up over time and I, I really feel that, uh, you know, you, you just have to just have to keep pushing through, find a solution to anything and, uh, and, not, and not, accept the, not accept no as an answer. So, David, you mentioned that Go Natural is a family business, and I want to touch on the family part. What is it like working with your wife? Okay, well, people ask that question and I'm, uh, often, and I, I, would, I, would, I would answer to say, fundamentally, it's great to work with my wife, my wife in particular, because she's, you know, very smart, she's very knowledgeable about food, uh, and in fact, she's been the inspiration behind us being in the healthy food industry, because, you know, she's been... Living, living it for as as long as we have. In fact, we've had a hundred percent organic household for nearly well, well over thirty years. That's everything we have in the place. And but we don't. We do different things. And uh, she's really keenly uh, interested in the in ingredients we use and the types of foods that we that we develop and 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 market. So I guess that's independent roles. So it is good to work. Uh, with, but at the same time, we've maintained a separation in our particular functions. But I always listen to what she's got to say. She's, she's a smart lady. Do you ever have trouble not bringing work home? Always. <laughs> always. So, so dinner around the conversation around the dinner table. Rachel, if you only knew. I mean, it's basically you know, uh, uh, Go Natural's been regrettably sometimes, although it's you know, often it's fun. But it's it's a twenty four seven business. My last question, David, is Go Natural has obviously been successful and has been a growing and thriving business over the last 30 years. But what does success mean to you? Look, we're in, we're in commerce and uh, success should be and, and obviously is financial reward. But uh, I think that for me, a, a successful person, I, I would aspire to having people respect me uh, people being interested in what I've got to say, uh, me being able to respect and listen to what other people are saying. That's success is success is really uh, the personal side as well. And uh, you know, I'm, I, I think if you can see people can see you, you that you enjoy what you do uh, and are good at it, 
then that's that's a form of success that I, I aspire to. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Rachel. And that was the Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by ANZ. To find out more or to register for the ANZ Business Growth Program, go to our website, anz.com forward slash business growth. That's anz.com forward slash business growth. Thanks for listening.